everybody. Welcome to episode 158 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Paul Robinson. Um, well, here we are again. Here we are again. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were planning on a guest for this week, and a um, bunch of stuff kind of got mixed up, so we had to reschedule. Yeah, that's true. So we're hoping to still have this guest on. It just won't be for like another month. Yep. Um, so we're going to do our usual summer spiel and go through the stuff that we've watched. We usually uh, have a bit of lull in guests in the summer because people, you know, have lives and such. And uh, so lucky. now with COVID, people yeah. are like going ham with like yeah. <laughs> doing stuff. So it's we're a trying little... to do everything before the summer yeah, ends. Yeah, it's a little hard to lock people down this year, especially. Um, uh, but before... Before we get into uh, our our viewing pleasures, if you will, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about Shoot. Um, a couple of months ago, I had mentioned um, the trailer for Old, and um, I was not entirely stoked. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but this happens sometimes with M. Night. Sometimes I'm like, I don't get where he's going. I don't appreciate the vision yeah. immediately. And uh, so I was like, okay, hopefully this is going to be something other than what I just got. And, um, you know, I'm a, you know, you know how I am with him. I support everything he does, even if I don't like it, because Mm -hmm. it's like he's, he's got original content out there. And that's like so hard to find now because everything's based on a book or a remake. (laughs) So it's like, you got to embrace the few OGs left that are like, no, I think I just want to write an original story. Um, So. I wanted to, I really wanted to go in with a clear head and not be like, is he giving me the happening again? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, let me watch the trailer again. Maybe I missed something. And um, shortly into the trailer, I realized I was watching another trailer. And I was like, shit. Yeah. Because Catch-22, I got it this time around, Mm. but now I wish I hadn't seen it. And I haven't seen the second trailer. I'm avoiding it. Because I'm going to watch it anyway. It doesn't... Oh, we're going to the theater regardless. Yeah. I'll always pay to see that man's movies. But um, except for... Um, <clears throat> we didn't see Split or Glass in the theater. Mm. Those were the, the like the only two that we we just like... I don't know. Shit was just crazy and it slipped through. And yeah. then by the time... You know, like everything's on demand so fast that it was like, are we really going to go to the movies now? Like, Yeah. So, um, yeah. I kind of wish I hadn't watched that. So I'm excited... But I'm also bummed that I don't get to have that surprise. I mean, it's it seems really obvious in the title, right? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You know. And the poster too. I mean, yeah. the poster. Yeah. I. I mean, I. I. I suspected this had something to do with some type of aging. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a peculiar manner, obviously. Um, but I just didn't really get the tone too much in the first mm. trailer, which was kind of like a long teaser. This one was like. It's like every other trailer. It was like a short film. And I was yeah. like, all right, stop. I actually shut it off. Um, once I got like, I, th- I think I was like halfway through it because I looked at when I paused it, I could see there was still, like, I was like, no, that's that's a micro short. Yeah. And you've given me way too much of the film already at that point. So I stopped. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see how that's going to go. I don't remember when that releases. Hopefully soon. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, off the top of my head, I don't. <clears throat> when... we are, we're scheduled to go to our first movie. Yeah. In two weeks, um, yep. we're going to be seeing Black Widow. So we uh, we started we ended no, we started this pandemic with a DC film. We saw Birds of Prey, and we're <laughs> ending it with a Marvel film. Yeah. Um, 
I'm like, whatever, you know how I am about these types of films. This one's a little bit uh, less gimmicky for me. So I'm yeah. a little more um, invested in it than I would be, you know, a lot of Technicolor flying yeah. around. Um, I'm uh, I'm excited to see it because there's a lot of good, I like all the actors in it, you know? Yeah, I'm not so I know much you can with take, ScarJo. I know you can take or leave ScarJo, but... Um, I mean, yeah, I'd pretty much leave her. Just leave her, yeah. <laughs> but everybody just, else, you know, David I, Harbour I, and I, I, there's just there's no way to say this without sounding judgmental and catty. Uh, I just I I don't really care for her as an actor. I mm -hmm. don't think she's a horrible actor, but I've just I've never watched anything with her, and I was like, that was amazing, or she gave me an amazing performance, or only she could have played that part. Sure, I've never watched anything that's done that um, yet. <clears throat> It's not going to be this. <laughs> I can assure you that. Not well. Um, and then the, you know, she has a a, a really uh, deep support for Woody Allen, so she mm. can, you know, she can fly yeah. a kite for me. Yeah. Uh, okay. But <clears throat> I like some of the other actors in the film, so I don't want to not kind of support their work. But mm -hmm. with her, I'm just like, no. <laughs> the Woody Allen thing just threw me over. I was just like, that's it. We're done. Plus, here. plus OTs in it, so we gotta. Yeah. Yeah, we got to see that. We got to support yes. that man. Everybody yes. needs to support that man. But I, I feel man. like he's not going to have a lot of screen time. Not nearly <laughs> enough screen time. No, but uh, up until a couple days ago, I didn't even know he was in it. Well. Because I try, like, as much as I'll watch all the trailers, because whatever, you know, I'm, I can't, I can't not watch a trailer for one of those films. You have no self-control. Yeah. So. Other films, it's fine. I can not, it's fine. But for some reason, these, I just, I can't. But he's not in it. Yeah, he's not in any of the trailers, so I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Well, that's why I'm, I suspect that he's not going to have a very big part, no. which is a sin. Yeah, but it's bigger than I thought, which was zero. So Okay, that's true. <clears throat> so we're going to jump right into it. We have three reviews today. A series, three. two series, zzz, and... A cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that one for last. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, so we we started watching a Netflix series, an Icelandic show, and um, it's called Katla. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try to pronounce anybody's name. There's times where I challenge myself because I'm like, Sashia, you could probably do this. You'll likely get this right because I tend to be pretty good with language. Um, I'm just not going to – I'm just not in the mood this morning for massive embarrassment. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to think – too hard this morning. Some of them are real doozies for me. And so yeah. I was like, I'm just going to destroy that. Mm -hmm. So look it up. <laughs> yeah. Please do look it up. Really good show. Really good actors. K-A-T-L-A. Yeah. And uh, it, it dropped on Netflix recently. Um, I think, what are the episodes? Like 40 minutes? Or something? Yeah. Something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's typical. It's probably like eight episodes or something. I don't you remember. You can get through it pretty easily. I think we got yeah. through it in like two days. Yeah. Um, so this film is... It's short for series. Yeah, sorry, <sighs> series. Uh, the series is like um, like pretty much every frame of this series could be used as a, a movie poster. Yeah, which especially um, the first. I mean, I keep harping on this, but the first five minutes of this film are just spectacular. Yeah, but honestly, and honestly, any frame and any like any part of it yeah. could be used as really excellent screen grabs in like uh, um, like a, a kit. Like any yeah. film, if they were like putting a kit together, like pretty much any uh, any uh, scene rather than yeah. any scene could have been used in that and and done done it justice. And that's the thing with the the um, 
that's why one of the reasons I, I really like foreign shows is because they seem to approach a lot of these shows, especially these like dramatic crime, sci-fi, like any kind of genre stuff like that. They they just approach it like artwork, you know. They 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 I take their craft seriously. I think their earth lighting is better than ours. Well, you know, it's cloudy there, which always helps, obviously. But not but. just there. Like if you like if you watch shows that are um produced in uh like India or in the Middle East, they have the opposite, right? It's so like when you go to shows, like if you go to Swedish shows, Icelandic shows and Finnish and all that, it has this very blue gray kind of mm. uh cold moody look. And then when you go to countries that don't have winter, they have this opposite, like this vibrant, warm, yellow, brown thing yeah. going, but it never looks filtered. It just looks like this is what the world looks like. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Mm. I feel like our problem is that we have extreme seasons. Yeah. You have to go somewhere where there's mainly one temperature, right? Yeah. Like in Iceland. And it's they, usually the colder ones yeah, that look better. Well, they have summer in Iceland, right? But it's not like real summer. <laughs> they have summer for like two weeks. Yeah. It goes to maybe 75 degrees, then it goes back to snowing again. And then you go into the Middle East and it's just like fucking hot all the time. Yeah. And, it, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what it is about. You have to go somewhere that has mainly just one season. We vary too much here. Plus, there's got to be some kind of thing where, you know, how it's relative to the sun right it's never like really dead in the middle of the sky you know what i mean the sun it's always at an angle because they're up higher closer to the north pole and uh, as opposed to the equator obviously but um so i wonder if because that angle that the sun's on if it just delivers light the that way. axis yeah i don't know they just I think we're on to something <laughs> don't film in the states yeah um yeah, so so this show was was super creative, and uh, there's going to be spoilers. So if you're interested in this show, come back, listen to the review then, because we're going to spoil shit. That's kind of how you review things. So uh, I don't want to be vague because there's a lot of details in there that were really interesting. Yeah, if you have seen it, um, and uh, so the as you said, the first five minutes of the film were, were I don't even think it was five minutes. It was like the first thirty seconds of it. Um, sort of set the 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 tone for where this yeah. was going which at that time you were like hey huh? yeah. you know you really don't know <clears throat> and uh basically all these people start birthing from the ash of this volcano that's yeah. actively from inside the volcano yeah that's yeah. been actively erupting and so the entire town is covered in soot i don't know how all those people didn't have like a severe asthma or bronchial infections i would have died my body's mm -hmm. not built for that kind of stuff yeah. Um, but there was just soot everywhere at all times. Yeah. So this this volcano has been erupting for a year. And so the town basically had to be evacuated. So it gives this really interesting vibe of like sort of not like post-apocalyptic, but, you know, there's not a lot of people around. The, 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 the town's been evacuated and it just gives this kind of like really... Um, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? It's like a, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just. It's a word. There is a word for it, but I'll go with post-apocalyptic kind of feel to it. You know, there's still power and, and you know, there's a hotel in the town where. Well, there's sometimes not power. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the, there are people that are left behind that are studying the volcano, trying to figure out why it's still erupting for over a year. Um, but. Everybody else has moved up to Reykjavik, and and uh, so basically the story centers around all the the people that are. You said it right. Yeah. You know, well, you have to roll your R's a little. Reykjavik. Reykjavik. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, this, like you said, it's shot 
beautifully. Mm -hmm. Big surprise. Um, so this these people, and I meant by that I mean not Americans, really know how to like do science fiction. You know, it's supposed to be a subtle thing that I mean not always, but in this case, it's supposed to be a subtle thing that really adds to the storytelling. And and in this case, it really did. It, the stories that kind of erupted, if you will. Um, um, I'll see myself out. Really lent itself to the the structure of the science fiction and how that was kind of weaved into the you know weaved into it, and so it was just done so well, you know. I do know. Yeah. 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 I think if we if we get our hands on this story here in the states, then we're absolutely going to give them some type of power where like their fingers glow. Well, eyes they glow. They get angry, yeah. and their skin will crack ash, and it'll glow orange because we just simply cannot help ourselves. Yeah. Um, but it's the subtlety of that effect that adds an obvious uh, um, impossibility, mm -hmm. but then sort of it it merges with biology, right? Where these are still people, they still bleed and eat and poop and all that stuff yeah <clears throat> they are people they are duplicates or what they refer to as changelings and um but they all serve a purpose mm -hmm. i think it, it's it, it would it would be an understatement to say that the couple with the child uh their lesson unfortunately was learned at the expense of two other people nobody else really had that yeah um everyone else just kind of um had more of emotional sort of uh, Olympics yeah. that they had to go through, but that kid took it to a whole other level. Yeah, and uh, it was really interesting. I think that uh, I think that your initial sign that you can't trust a child in any film or show is if they have like a downturned corner to their upper lip. Yeah, once they have like that weird downturned pout. I already know that I can't trust this kid with yeah. anything sharp. Then you add that with like the looking down with the eyes up thing. Yeah. Um, and it's over. When they talk and they have a lot of spit in their mouth, like they, it's, it's really weird. I don't, I wonder if there's like this, like this weird casting process where they're like, are they a real spitty talker and do their lips <laughs> yeah. turn down because we know this kid's going to be evil. They've got the part. Um, as soon as I saw that kid, I was like, oh, this kid ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. already knew it. I was like, this kid's not right. He doesn't look right. He looks the way all kids look when they're not right. And uh, yeah, lo and behold. Uh, he wasn't right. He wasn't right. And yeah. uh, and and they remedied that in, uh, they, they kind of went ham when they remedied that. I was surprised that they were as violent as they were because I feel like here we would have uh, really handled that with sort of kit gloves because it's like, well, it's a child and you yeah. can't, you know, we're going to drown him. We're going to drown him, but we want to drown him nicely. Yeah. <laughs> and there, they were like, no. Yeah. So <laughs> if you haven't seen it and you don't care, the idea is well, that- Well, if you've gone this far, yeah. forget it. Uh, the idea is that these people start emerging from this volcano, but there's all of them serve a purpose. And it's to, you know, there's some kind of emotional- purpose that they have um and once that purpose is fulfilled whatever it is to you know for you to help to help somebody like kind of mourn the loss of somebody or figure out what happened or 
how why somebody was murdered or or whatever it is because it's there's people are coming back in all various stages you have people that died a year ago you have people that still exist you have people that still exist but then you have a version of them from 20 years ago that show up so there's a um it's really interesting that you know they that that they that they went that route with it um like like you said before we would never go go that way and and I really enjoyed it for that you know like that just really made it um kind of stand out in that way and unfortunately for the kid's story <laughs> what they had to figure out was that this kid was a murdering psychopath yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> and um you know it's it ends on a real cliffhanger cuz I'm interested to see where the hell's going to go they dive into the um how this is happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, uh, as, as science fiction as it is, they they do base it in a, a reason, um, but but the why is still kind of left unanswered, and I'm interested to see if they to kind of dive into that. Well, I think, see, I feel like it's the opposite. I think the why is that we know why they're there. We just don't know how they are physically emerging from some organic structure and like how are they birthing out of this organic structure i mean what what's the process it's, there it's it's an alien meteorite meteorite what, what else do you need to know <laughs> i mean come on that's how that works <laughs> i guess you got me sir <laughs> check um, and mate they uh yeah i i really i really liked the way that they did this show mm-hmm. um i hope if there's a season two that grima's uh husband i don't know develops a clue holy cow this guy I mean, he takes like, <clears throat> excuse me, he takes a oblivious husband to a whole other level. Like mm-hmm. I've never seen somebody not realize that there's two people within, you know, a, a 10 foot radius of him. Yeah. Just completely unaware. Yeah. Uh, that dude, I, he shouldn't be allowed to operate heavy, oper, uh, operate heavy machinery. Yeah. I, it, it just, there were moments where I'm like... Her clothes, literally, you were just talking to her in yeah. one room. You went into another room. Yeah. The changeling is in there with completely different clothing on. How is this not seeming strange to you, sir? Yeah, um, yeah that that guy needs to like, you know. Hey, you know, but, you know, I guess you could. This is dangerous. <laughs> I guess you could, you know, argue that he's just kind of going through the motions with her so he doesn't notice that stuff because he's just so, I don't know, man. You know, I he, would think it would be the opposite because yeah. the changeling is acting so out of character character for her that he would sort of be like, whoa, and, yeah. and more aware, but somehow he isn't. He did read the note that she left. She left a note stating I, but that's what I'm saying. that this person isn't me. He and never, it's like, what did you think that that note meant then? But then how, how did go he to never her go like, into it? Yeah. And I'm like, like she's right note? there. Yeah. Be like, here, come here. That's yeah. all she had to do is be like, go look in the other room. Yeah. And somehow she'd be like, oh, I'll explain it later. I'm going to go back into town. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. That was a little bit frustrating in the story because I was like, who would ever do this? I mean, yeah. um, but overall, I thought like the, the show was really creative. The The effects were really nice. The makeup that they did, mm-hmm. uh, the way that they had people coming out of this volcanic rock was mm-hmm. uh, really subtle because <clears throat> there were moments where you were sort of observing that volcano in a way that you normally wouldn't because you'd already seen it happen but you couldn't tell where they were going to come out of because yeah. they hid them so well yeah um so yeah uh we obviously recommend it yeah so go watch highly that. recommend even it's it's uh it's Very so well show. done um almost watched it without you actually yeah you did thank you yeah. <laughs> um so uh do we want to go want to go movie and then a book end it with another series. I don't know. Do you want to end on a, on an up, up note, or do you want to end on a? 
Well, um, okay. So let me just first explain. This was a little bit tough because we were like, do we review this? Mm-hmm. Um, we we have a general rule that if we can't find something salvageable about a film, we tend not to review it because then we're just sitting there tearing something apart for the sake of it. Constructive criticism. Right. It's important. So we mentioned this. We're, we're going to review this film anyway, even though we have questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to review it anyway because I feel like a lot of what was done here is sort of classic indie mistakes. Right. And um, unfortunately for the director, and who is also the writer, I don't think this is how they hoped their film would be used in a public venue or yeah. well we're not a venue because we're on the radio the, you know, uh, we're, you but know, we're on, but online but it's not we're not going to like hate on this movie just because we want to be jerks this is like constructive feedback these you know? are really important things and that's what i'm saying and like, i will say off the top that if the budget of this film is correct he certainly did more than we probably could okay so here's so the the name of the film is hippopotamus not to be confused with the hippopotamus there's another yeah, film right um so it's just hippopotamus it came out, I think, like it came out in 2020, but I think they'd been filming a while, whatever. So, over the course of three I, years, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna kill this. I want to say Ingvild Dyla Dyla. Yeah, um, yep, sounds and, right to me. Sure. And Jonathan Cobb were really the main only two actors, there were other actors, but they were the main actors in the film. And so, we saw this film watched the trailer and i was like this looks like it's right up our alley mm-hmm. looks super indie this, pr- this. pretty much one location for mm-hmm. the most part limited uh crew uh, cast and like let's do this party on wayne yeah i i this is one i did see the trailer for and i was actually i was like oh yeah i want to see this yeah it looks interesting and so it was it was for so well you, done trailer people <laughs> you had to rent it and we were like, okay, let's wait to see if it goes down a little bit. And it went down like a little bit. We were finally like, you know what? We're just going to rent this movie. It was like, like three or four dollars. Four dollars. Four dollars, yeah. On Amazon. So uh, we were like, okay, let's go. We're in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it opens as I expected it to. You know, we were going. The second people started talking, I immediately started to regret the decision that we had made. And so let me just preface that mm-hmm. with the rumor is that this movie was made for 5,000 pounds, mm-hmm. which is like, what, maybe $7,000 or yeah. something like that. Um, <clears throat> and so if that is true, if said rumor is true, mm-hmm. I do give them credit, or him credit rather, for approaching a film, a feature film, with that little money. And Exactly. It's yeah, $6,939. I'm saying. Yeah. I know, I know. Um, and, and approaching a film that uh, is is sort of uh, limited in location and actors, which is what you do. You know, that's that's how you right. work around this. Okay, we have a small budget, so we can't pay a shit ton of people. We can't have a whole lot of locations. Like, what you know, what do I write? And so I really do want to start with saying that I give him credit for doing that. I love when people kind of work with what they have and, mm-hmm. and, you know, work within those limitations. Unfortunately, one of the main pieces of advice that we've been given in in our career from from when we had started, and we've since given other filmmakers that are, that are starting out, is that your audio is so so important. Mm-hmm. Our audio was always like 
okay in the beginning. Like we had a boom mic, but yeah. didn't always have There's the best. Usually somebody holding it that didn't that, that wasn't, wasn't an audio yeah. person, and, and so, we were yeah. recording into a device that was just like you know, fifty bucks or something. Yeah, and so I, I don't think our audio was ever horrific. Right. Uh, in the very beginning, it probably was, but it was never like, oh my god, I can't hear this, or right. you know. But it just was never great, and um, that was that was the advice we started to pick up when we were starting. Was like, you know, you need to get your audio on track, and we we're like, all right, we're gonna have to actually start hiring sound people, and the the difference was insane. Yeah. Night and day, you right. know, and it, there, there's the cash 22 now where like we can't go back. Right. <laughs> Financially, now we always have to budget in for for professional sound because mm -hmm. you just can't go back. And so this filmmaker, who I'm obviously never going to have on the show, because why would they ever come on this show after the things that we're about to say? <laughs> but well, my question to them would be, why on earth did you ADR this entire film? Yeah. The only... The only acceptable answer to that is like, uh, we were mugged on our way back from filming and they only took the audio files or a ghost <laughs> had haunted our laptop and destroyed only the audio files because why? My cousin did audio and he forgot to hit record on every take. The entire through the entire <laughs> shoot and we never realized it. Like we just never checked the audio. I mean, it's like possible. how does this like, happen? Yeah, it's I, I'd love, I could understand I'd love losing why. some audio though, right? Yeah, like you yeah. could be like, oh, you know what What happened was this whole chunk in this day, the audio actually wasn't recording and yeah. we didn't know. So you have to ADR this part. We've seen that happen in films and it's like it's obviously something happened to this chunk of audio and they couldn't get it back. But the whole film, the whole film was ADR'd. There is no excuse for that. I can't even think of any film that does that. Yeah. No know. one would intentionally ADR an entire film because the amount of work that goes into syncing that, which is never right, it's mm -hmm. never right. No matter, I don't care who you have doing that, yeah. they are never going to match that because you can't match inflection yeah. after the fact. It's the performance, it's recreating that exact you can't performance. Do it. And, you know, it's it just looked like a bad dubbed, you know, film. Like if, you, if you're okay with watching dubbed movies, then there you go. But, um, yeah, there's maybe a, there's, that's why it drove us crazy because there's a real that. there's a real disconnect, you know, in that. And so, you know, the image quality, like especially for some of the exterior stuff, is was pretty decent, you know. Um, yeah, it was there okay. wasn't there wasn't any kind of like shot where I was like, oh my god, that's blown out or this was weird or whatever. The cinematography and stuff was was certainly serviceable, especially in the 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 range of the budget. Um, that is the most polite way of saying that ever. Your cinematography is serviceable. That's serviceable. Well, I mean, it was good. It wasn't. It it was good. <laughs> if it you know, was good, you would have said that. <laughs> you know, but it's it's. My point is that serviceable is say, the new good. When they say <laughs> how like audio is almost more important than the visual aspect, this is a perfect example of yeah. yeah that's very much the case because this would look. This wasn't shot on, on an Ari. You know, it's, at least it didn't look like it to what me. What was it shot on? I don't know. Oh. For five thousand dollars, you're not shooting on an Ari. No. You know, six thousand. Unless someone five thousand let you use it, yeah. Um, so, because to me the story was interesting, and I I feel like there there's something there in that story. You know, um, you know, we can have some constructive conversations regarding the the format and and um, the structure of it all. But I think there was something interesting in that story. But at the end of the day, none of that matters because the audio was all ADR'd. And and 
you know, like you said, you have the you have the emotional side of that ADR, which is that you can never recreate that emotion in that moment. Um, no matter how good an actor is, there's no way you, you can re- you can replace a word here and there, or even maybe a line here and there, and, and get away with it. But when you have a whole entire scene, there's just no way to recreate that. But then you also have the technical side of it in that you can't recreate environment. You can't recreate the environment, and when you have the actors or and or the audio engineers, you know processing the audio as if it were like we would process a, a podcast where it's very bassy and it boomy like and, an and you know uh, like it was a vo the whole yeah. all of the stuff sounded like you yeah. would treat a vo and so that was really it just completely because the opening scene it was like him you know you, you never you didn't see his face at the beginning i thought it was a vo i thought exactly he was, i thought, he I thought had it was a either overhead. a vo or it was a speaker somebody was talking while yeah. he was doing his thing and um so yeah, I mean, look, if it's the case of, you know, they had all their audio on, on an SD card and they dropped it in the water and that was that and they, this is what they had to do to, in order to release the film then. It got stolen by a dinosaur? You know, look, it's a valiant effort in that regards, but um, Well, yeah, because look, if that happens, if you lose all the audio for your film, you're not starting over again, right? Yeah. So then at, Although at that I almost point, would be like, listen. Yeah. Because that's the thing, the amount of time that you'd have yes. to spend yes. bringing those actors back, having them go through all of that dialogue again um, and trying to match that emotion and then spending well, the time syncing it all up, you can is, probably shoot that again. There's not a lot of audio. The restaurant yeah. scenes were probably where they spoke the most, mm-hmm. um, but there wasn't a lot of audio. So I could see them rushing through the ADR process, which looks like it it did. Imagine if imagine if they're like, no, it wasn't ADR'd. I know. <laughs> Be like, excuse me, because we had somebody say that. We had somebody say that about our work once. We're like, it wasn't ADR though, and I can't imagine how this wasn't. Their mouths didn't match up with what they were saying. I was still learning about processing audio for film, which is different than processing audio for music or or VO or anything like that. So the the audio processing in that film that we did was a little heavy handed. So I understand that note, but it wasn't. It wasn't ADR. No. Um. The oh, jeez. I don't really know where to start here because I I thought that the initial idea for the storyline was good. Well, that, I mean, that's what, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you know, kidnapping kind mm-hmm. of thing. and the, But but you knew that it was going to be some psychological thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was foreshadowing in the beginning of that for me that's, that gave away a massive twist in the end. Again, if you listen to me, you know that I ruin movies for myself because I overanalyze with the with the yeah. writer's brain when I watch stuff. But I felt it was kind of heavy-handed. Um again, if you haven't seen this, we're going to spoil shit. So stop, come back, whatever. Um his reaction to her asking if she had been raped and she asks this twice. Mm-hmm. Um to me was a big giveaway. Yeah, you had and mentioned so, it early on. Yeah, I was like, I think that this has something to do with the trauma of a rape and then lo and behold. But I'm going to back it up. Back it up. I'm going to back it up. Um, she had this. So I'm going to get nitpicky here, but not because I'm trying to be an asshole, but because while when we say like, look, I would have taken this being recorded on a phone audio mm-hmm. over the ADR. Yeah. That Like that's how yeah, distracting yeah. that was. I would have rather had bad audio than ADR. Yeah. Visually nothing special but the story was interesting enough and we knew that it was indie so it's like you kind of start forgiving things off the bat you're like this is not gonna look like you know freaking warner brothers you know produced it we know this already so we're going in like okay there's gonna be imperfections cool give me a story this is why the story 
is honestly so important. Your audio and your story. If you don't have a, a story to, to pull people in with, I don't care how beautiful your visuals are, how great your sound is, people are out. Yeah. Audio and storyline go hand in hand. So I was willing to just kind of overlook those things because I wanted to see where the story was going. From the jump, there was like this weird like, okay, she had this bandage around her head that always seemed to be bloody no matter what. We never yeah. saw him change it. So yeah. I'm like, is this the same bandage around her head that like, I don't, I, I didn't understand that the bathing thing every other day, first of all, no, yeah. we're not doing that. We're not bathing every other day. Uh, and then he would bathe her fully clothed. So I'm like, the parts of the body that you really need to be getting to, you're not. Mm. Uh, so there's just a funk factor there that I, I was like, my God, this is terrible. At which, which conflicted with the fact that she was so pristinely dressed, right? She has a white tank top yeah. and light gray shorts, and she's never dirty. Her clothes never get dirty. She never spills food on herself unless he just had duplicates of this yeah. outfit. Um, I don't know, you know, yeah, like he's got a whole bunch of uh, tank tops. Yeah, it's like a, a like. Does he have like a Pee Wee Herman closet in there for her? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but so once once you start getting into the meat and potatoes, if you will, of this story, um, that's when those little idiosyncrasies started to ruin the film for me. Where I was, I I had pretty much guessed the whole thing. Yes, she gets raped, and then as soon as he was on his way there. I was like, oh, he's going to kill the guy. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, yeah. it's like the story just became so predictable. Then it got fantastical on the logistics side of it because I'm like, okay, hold on. First of all, how was this whole thing easier than calling the police and being like, I walked in on my girlfriend's roommate violently raping her and, you know, I attacked him. He died. Yeah. I don't understand how this whole, like, weird uh uh planning that he had like where did he come up with this plan yeah yeah i don't i don't know because he's I don't. saying she had amnesia yeah from the trauma so i'm like they never i don't i don't think they discussed what they were in university for but if he wasn't a med student then <laughs> i really want to know how the hell this guy was able to not only study but comprehend the ins and outs of amnesia mm -hmm. um of traumatic amnesia was able to, and then later in the at the end of the film, was able to heal himself, yeah, stitch himself up. I mean, it just that it got so silly at the end. It yeah. really just started to like it fell apart so fast. And I think that that's where those details kind of um, you can get too heavy handed. Stay simple, I get you know, like there's there's magic in that simplicity and it doesn't yeah. have to be convoluted uh to explain all of these these weird things but then when they show the process like i would have preferred that they never showed him getting in the boat with her rowing over and finding this abandoned farmhouse because now my question is this farmhouse didn't have any electricity it didn't appear to when you yeah. had introduced it to 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 the audience yeah there was no there was the, the like this basement uh under a like a floor door yeah. thing whatever yeah like you would see in a crawl space but it instead of a crawl space it led to like a whole actual downstairs um and, like yeah because where... he, he they do <sighs> show him like leaving and coming you know they don't show him where he goes or anything but they show that he leaves and comes back he obviously yeah. has to to buy supplies. food and supplies and stuff but 
But with what money? Because now so you're he's, not working. Right. So there's that. Right. Um, there's that. But then there's also like, so you you are being seen in public every day. Right. You know, because you have to buy this stuff. So I don't know how being on that island is, you know, I mean, I get that you only have to, you know, you whatever you're doing supply wise, you could do it on the mainland because I don't know. It's the more suspicious that you're like, you know, well, buying my tons first of, question of was, was this girl an orphan? Because how did her family not? Yeah, come looking for her. Was no one concerned? Did no one think to or his family? Well, you know? but that's what I'm saying. When the when the family goes looking for her, they're gonna be like, oh well, he's gone because they're gonna go to him first, right? They're gonna yeah. call him. Like, have you seen him? Well, now they're both missing. Yeah. So it's like, if you just go out for supplies, wouldn't you? You know, then I it, there were so many details in that story that got lost and just kind of went haywire and yeah. that was one of them uh, one of the main ones for me was that the initial look into that room which was like broken down there was a whole bunch of shit in it had no plumbing so on top of being a medical student savant he's also a master plumber because yeah. he was able to put in a toilet and a sink in a room where there was no plumbing yeah because the house that when he arrived on the on the island or whatever it is the 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 house was you know dilapidated and i don't even think there was like walls and stuff inside right it was there was kind of... there were walls i mean you look the from the opening scene the room that he keeps her in it's a makeshift brick wall and you can see that it it's not the bricks like the lining to the bricks are yeah. not straight and so it was like this is obviously a fake wall this was built you know yeah, for yeah. the set uh, nothing about the room looks real but it's like that's okay like i get it especially with you know seven thousand dollars like you you're just working with what you have okay fine but those little details start to mean more when you're like, well, there was a way around this because you showed the room prior. Mm -hmm. And then like, why show the room at all? Before, before we got to that scene where he had discovered the place, I believed that there was a toilet and sink there and that that was feasible. Right. But when you show me the room without it, yeah, and then then there's there's even a scene where it's like uh, on its side because he's about to install them, and I'm like, how? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Now now you're starting now you're starting to piss me off a little bit because it's like, well, but I saw this before, and 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 this wasn't there, and it, why would you just put that in there and and give me that sort of crumb before because now I have something to base it off of, um, the 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 food preparation. It looked like it came out of it. I mean, they were heavy handed with the garnishes, I will say. But, <laughs> but of course. Uh, uh, sorry. The cook in me always comes out. Yeah. Uh, but like, the, you would think in a, in a place, in a secluded island that you're having to get supplies, supplies in a rowboat, you would be eating like Nature Valley bars and like beef jerky. Yeah. You know, like you wouldn't have, he was cooking entire fucking meals and even recreating meals that had meant something to them. Yeah, right. At some point in their relationship. And I'm like, with plates, actual ceramic plates. And it's like, how? What is happening? Now this makes no sense. How did he create all of There's no sink that he's able to use or wash these things in. Um, and then we get to the end where her, because the idea is that if she sleeps for too long, she reverts back to this complete amnesia. He can right. get her, he can jog her memory with items. 
uh, scents and smells and foods and all these things. But then if she sleeps for too long, her memory sort of resets and then they're back at square one. And the idea is that they were in a relationship. She's forgotten who he is and he's trying. And he so he creates this scenario where he kidnaps her and has to get her to genuinely and organically fall in love with him so that she can remember her love for him and that it's not coerced or something like that. Right. Um, and so in the end, there's this moment where they fall asleep together. She falls asleep on top of him. Another thing that drives me crazy. You can't sleep with a whole other person on top of you. It's hard to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's asleep and they're under a red blanket, which seemed like a really obvious metaphor here. Mm-hmm. And uh, she pulls out this piece of glass that she had cut from before in a mirror. And it prepares to stab the ever-loving shit out of him yeah um the first shot being to the neck so we got hit in the jugular yep and she takes off running with an amount of blood on her that would seem like she might have been break dancing in the pool of blood because it's just everywhere and in places it wouldn't be yeah um and a, a lot of a lot of films do that they get super heavy-handed with the blood and it, it starts to look really corny because you're like, that, there just wasn't it. First of all, if he had bled that much, there's no possible way he would have survived at yeah. the end. No possible way. Yeah. And she had like a quarter's worth of blood of a person's body, uh, the, the blood yeah, in their yeah. body on her clothing and her face and hands and, and feet and everything. And it's like somehow, dun, 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 <laughs> somehow our boy <laughs> is able to sew himself up, yeah. stop the bleeding, not pass out during any of this. He manages to completely mend a, a jugular vein or yeah. a carotid artery or whatever she might have hit. Uh, he manages to mend this. Mm-hmm. Sure does. Keep his senses about him. Mm-hmm. And then he creates a makeshift hospital room, which yeah. she is now in. That we can only assume his mode of transportation for all of said devices and hospital beds and furniture was a rowboat. Yeah. That's dedication. You know what I mean? I mean. And so then, of course, you know, the the end kind of did that typical like, oh, he looks up at the camera. So is he really bad? Because the whole thing through the film is that she keeps saying that she creates uh, like a, a sort of a backwards message to herself in a book that she has to read with a mirror. Yeah. It says, don't trust him. Yeah. And so now as the audience, we have to go back. Oh, it's such a mind fuck. Is he really who he says he is? And we'll never know. And it's like. But based on all the information I, we have as the audience, he's not a bad person necessarily, you know? No, totally go two ways with that because they stressed her message. And we will never know when she writes that if she had her wits about her. Yeah. If she wrote that when she had her wits about her, then he is bad and she's yeah. giving herself a message. But if she wrote that during a time where she was scared, then it would you know, explain her resetting and not understanding. But the director did that very typical thing at the end where you deadpan the camera and that's like sign 101 for you can't trust this person. Mm. So he wanted to leave that you know ambiguity yeah just leave that ambiguity and then just leave that doubt in the audience's mind that we'll never really know in this repetition of this process he goes through with her if he's actually the villain or not um because how because first of all even if he's a good guy he's not right in the head because who does this yeah 
right? No one does that. Yeah. So this is why I kind of started to lean towards the fact that maybe they weren't actually, he wasn't actually a good guy mm. because even her, um, her memories, we don't know how long he's been doing this, you know? So he could have already implanted that in her, created a memory where when she ate this food, he tells this story. And so of course she recalls the story that way because he used that yeah. sensory kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, because you don't really know. Because there, there is a point it. where she's like supposedly like remembering everything, yeah. but we don't know if she remembers everything. But does she remember the facts or is she remembering the story that he created for her? Well, she does remember like the dinner they had. But did stuff. that dinner happen is my question. Or did he create that memory? Do you understand what I'm saying? If he feeds her that meal several times and he tells her the story about how they had dinner together and da 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 when she resets he's created a memory we don't know how genuine those memories are mm. we're seeing a flashback on her from her perspective but know. her perspective could it be false it just seems like weird because if 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 we're we as the audience are seeing a a moment from you're seeing a, mo a moment from her memory though but is it how do we know that that's from her memory we just see that moment you know what I mean? Yeah, but you don't know that either. That's my right. point. My point is that. But so, as the audience, that that's that's you know that's I'd think that if you're te if you're showing a moment that's happened, and to me, I I didn't think it was her memory of the moment. I mean, it was she her was memory of the moment, it. but there was there was a uh, for them to then turn around and say, well, that that could have been something that he repeatedly told her. But they don't show you doing that. So, like, how how are we well, you to can't assume exactly? You, we could you assume anything at that. But you point. can't show that. You can't show that because that's that's the ambiguity there. You can't show that. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen. You, they're just not showing it. It wasn't a flashback that he was having. It wasn't a memory that he was having. Right. It was a memory that she was jogging the same way as you know. There there there's that. So if you think Clockwork Orange, where you know if you torture somebody while showing scenes of ultra violence, then the idea is that they'll they'll become physically ill when they see these things. So he could have created that memory for her. And we will never really know. And I appreciate, like, that's that's the thing. It's like, I, I try to put the budget together, the premise for the story, that little kind of psychological game where you never really know who you can trust. I love that. But it wasn't really as ambiguous, I guess. Like, in the end, it was like, it was pretty heavy handed on him being the villain to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and then it was just like, the, just the complete impossibilities of like, how is this guy still alive? That doesn't even make sense. Now he's like superhuman. Yeah. Is this like a sci-fi now Because they all did of a show him like limping or whatever at the end. No, that was him. His neck was covered. No, I know. But when he was walking out of the room, he was limping. Yeah, but his neck was covered too. Because right. we don't know, we don't see where she stabbed him after the assumed neck location so she could have done a bunch right, of stuff but my stuff. point is that he brought all this stuff over limping right, right. no yeah no i know but i'm, I'm just saying like uh, adding to it like he's limping and his neck is completely covered so we know that this did happen because mm -hmm. for a second i'm like did it not happen yeah. are we going back to the beginning like what you know and then like no his neck is all covered up so yeah. he's obviously now taking that weird therapy thing that he was doing and incorporating it with now a hospital room and yeah now he's playing the part of a doctor and all this other shit. Scrubs. He got his hands like yeah. he got his hand on scrubs and medical supplies, yeah. and then fresh flowers. Don't forget those. Mm -hmm. So you know he brought those over on the boat. Um, it just like I wanted this to be so good, and I felt like it had such potential. Yeah. But there were so many things. There were so many the, the sort of cardinal rules that were broken and not for the better mm. that really took away 
from the film. And my number one question would be why the ADR? Like the fact that he's a master plumber and medical student, I can kind of overlook that. I'll overlook all of those little things that sort of accumulate. You know anything about plumbing, you have to go down. So did he... Did he rent a jackhammer and then drill into the concrete of the floor to... Maybe there was a pipe on the other side. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, just weird things like that. But again, my number one question would just be the ADR. Like, why? Why mm. the ADR? It, as soon as he started talking, I started thinking of V for Vendetta. And that's what I thought yeah. was happening. The way when when Natalie Portman's character is uh, sort of uh, held captive in this jail or whatever. And you hear V's voice, this yeah. really booming deep voice. And it reminded me of like a sex audiobook. Not that I listened to those before you go there, mm-hmm. but I watched a documentary on them. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, and it, this was, it's funny. It's funny that we would watch this because I never pieced those two things together. Like I know that people do audiobooks, obviously. Yeah. That's like the, that's like voice actors dream is to get audiobooks, right? And so I'm like, okay, people do audiobooks. So then I'm watching this documentary on all those like corny, like steamy sex books that women write for other women and whatever. And then um, it was a TikTok actually also that came up. And I'm like, wait a minute. Somebody had to voice yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. And yeah. someone has to voice all these like, like milfy, like pervy wine drinking middle-aged mom sex books yeah like to great detail and oh my god how embarrassing is that but aren't you aren't you embarrassed um but when i when i heard that because i was dying laughing because i can't like if i feel like something's embarrassing for someone else it makes me very uncomfortable (laughs) so i was very uncomfortable for the voice actor who unfortunately had to groan and moan really closely into a mic yeah and as soon as that guy started talking, I was like, why does this remind me of like a sex audio book? <laughs> like, his voice is so intentionally deep and sultry and would make no sense if she was in the room. Yeah. So her, like he has bass and echo in a room that somehow she doesn't have, yeah. uh, despite the fact that they're standing in the same place. And so things like that just, you know, you can have like one, maybe two things because something always goes wrong, right? It's a film. Something's going to go wrong on set. And let's just say that somehow all of the audio got destroyed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll get over the ADR, but you better not have any holes in this story after yeah. that because you're already testing my patience. Um, so it's weird. Like, I would say, again, and I'm sorry, I know this is not what this person would want to hear, but I would suggest that you watch that film to see what not to do. Mm-hmm. Cautionary tale. It is a cautionary tale on the process of indie filmmaking on a micro, micro, micro budget. Yeah, you've really got to you've got to have your 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 eyes dotted and your t's crossed, if you will. And there's going to be chaos that ensues, but it that this film just sort sort of hit the mark on every kind of like don't do this, yeah. don't do this, and they seem to kind of go out of their way to do it. Yeah, um, but but it it had potential. Yeah. It had potential. And so, uh, I don't know. We almost didn't review it because I didn't want to just sit here and tear something apart. But I felt like these are such important things to know. It's right. It's not like we're tearing the film apart because we hated it and we thought it was so stupid of a film. The reason that we're even talking about it is because we're excited to see it. And it has had a lot of potential. And so, yeah, it's not a case of like, 
this person should never direct and they're stupid or whatever. I hope they continue to direct and they use this film as a learning experience because I feel like this is know, his first feature. Yeah. This is his first feature. So, it, you know, it's kind of weird. Kudos to that. It's kind of weird when people say, oh, there's no difference between a feature and a short. If you're, if you're, if you're filming a, a short, then you can do a feature. Theoretically, yes. Yeah, there's no difference in what you do. It's all the same. You're just doing it for longer. But it's a different sort of beast because you function differently when you know, okay, we're only filming this for two days. There's a right. different function. And going and when you when you're planning and prepped for something short and then you go like no we're gonna do this for three times longer because now we're making it a feature yeah. you have to sort of rewire the way you function then yeah. so it just, is very different yeah just for context this film was roughly seven thousand dollars and we spent six thousand dollars and made a 20 minute film a 20 so. minute film yeah so oh well technically but we 30, also had but a, still, yeah. a, we had a, way more actors that's just the thing yeah you know? it's like i suppose yeah you you I don't know what he paid people or whatever, but if you looked at his crew, massive. And this is the part that boggles my mind. Yeah. Someone, if anyone got paid, I don't know, like where they spent their money, I'd be curious to know because there's no way every single person there got paid on $7,000. they got paid so, like $11 each. <laughs> yeah, because there were so many people in the crew, yeah. way more than we would ever have. Yeah. Um, our money went into feeding everybody and, you know, and, and the location and, uh, you know, then we obviously had to better, you know, up our lenses and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it just, I don't know. I think it's something that you really have to watch out for. And so I would say watch it. I ho I would, I'm interested to see what this person's going to do next. Yeah. But I was a little bit completely baffled by like reading reviews and people saying it was like the best thing they'd ever seen, completely underrated film. And I'm like, I think you just maybe need to relax a little bit with that it, it, you know yeah. someone's saying what was, what was that one about like this film wasn't made they were like trying to find a smart nice smart film for smart people yeah and it's like it, was it they're like if you don't get this film then you're the kind of person that needs things spelled out i was like not anything spelled out i mean pretty much figured out what happened yeah. in, like the first 20 minutes yeah. so there was nothing like particularly mentally challenging about it it was a decent concept but i didn't they, they were acting like you know like they wrote seven or something yeah you know, it wasn't really that complex. I don't get it. I don't know how many of his friends wrote those reviews. And I'm not saying that to be an asshole. People literally do that. We yeah, know yeah. that. That's And you can like, buy them too. You can buy them. You can buy quotes when you get, uh, you, when you get your films reviewed uh, and you're paying for it. That's kind of an unspoken contract right there. And they'll, unless they really hate your film, uh, they tend to try to find nice things to say so that you have a quote that you can throw on a poster alongside with all your fucking laurels, which honestly you can make up as well and just make up a film fest and no yeah. one would ever know it. Yeah. Um, so I feel like people East take- Kansas Film Festival. Yeah, people take those things too. Like, oh, look at all the laurels that they have. Yeah. We have laurels we haven't even put up on the posters. We've just lost track and we're like, whatever. Because they, what does it mean? We have all these yeah. laurels and what does it mean? Do I have, you know, we have Hollywood knock on our door down? No, yeah. it's, it's it's a laurel. It's, I mean, look, that's- They're not hard to get. That's, that's the part of, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but the, the laurel thing is a, is a part of the marketing your film, like mm -hmm. a product that a lot of us filmmakers are just not very good at. Yeah. But but non-filmmakers, they actually think those laurels mean something. And yeah. So it makes you look more prestigious than you might be because it's like, oh, I have laurels or I won an award. Like, um, I won an award. I mean, yeah. look at me. I won an I'm award. I'm currently yeah. unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's it doing me? Uh, I mean, I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. But it's just not, you know, it's this. 
people are like, you know, you have to market it. Don't get me wrong. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be, a, we just got everything up from acting classes that I'm going to be teaching uh, next month. And it, you have to put those things in. That's just the way you market it. Like I have to write award-winning filmmaker because yeah. technically I am, but does it mean anything? No. Yeah. No, it's not that hard. A lot of people are award-winning right. filmmakers. I mean, it's just, you know. Yeah, because the awards, you know, this film that you won an award for is also a film that so many film festivals didn't, didn't even want. think were worthy of playing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna we've got a we've got a we've got a motor. We're already an hour in. Um we got we watched season two of Mythic. Mythic, not Quest. mystic, like some people think. <laughs> it's not mystic, mythic. Um so I was okay, I watched I partially watched season one mm -hmm. and then was present for season one as well. Mm-hmm. And then that this the the episode five. episode five dropped, and I was like, oh, so I was like present up until episode five, and then I was actively watching it after yeah. that. Um, we talked about that episode. Yeah, we loved it. Yep. And they did the same freaking thing this season. Episode five, yeah. Yeah, they did episode five, and then they kind of it bled into episode yeah, six yeah. as well. But their episode five, they do this thing where they'll they'll flash back and do an origin story. Yeah. Uh, on one of the characters and how something came to be. And they're like like fucking short films. So good. Yeah. Not even because the, the episodes are almost an hour, right? So it's like- No, a, they're 30 minutes. Usually. Oh, they're 30 minutes? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That seemed longer. I was so invested. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like they're making short films in the middle of the, this series. Yeah. And I'm so there for it. So this time I was, I, I liked this season a bit more than I did last yeah. season, but I loved last season's episode five. Yeah. I, I, yeah, this, I liked the first season. I thought it was funny. Episode five obviously blew me away. Um, yeah, but this season, the episode five was stellar again. It was really, really interesting. You know, you go into the backstory of one of the characters and um, it's, it's just so well done the whole entire show, you know, because you have this, you know, it's the, it's the same, basically the same premise as the, not pre yeah mm -hmm. the first season where you it's a you know the, they're in this video game company and they're trying to like deal with like expanding and 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 you know building out the game even more um but man there's just there's so many things that happen in it that only people like me will get you know there's just um there's this character Derek that Derek um what's his I can't remember his last name that he's from the um Drunk History, Derek something. Oh, yeah. There's this character that he uh, plays. Derek Waters. Yeah, Derek Waters. The character, I feel so heard <laughs> from that character. Yeah. Just you know? his facial so expressions. It, just, it goes to show like the, the, the they're not just, you know, a lot of shows like this can easily just be like, kitschy. oh, kitschy and like they don't really understand the gaming industry. And I'm not a gamer, so I don't know if the gaming industry hates this show. I don't know. But from a uh, perspective of somebody that creates 3D content, um, I, uh, the, 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 just, just that little detail of the character, that character and, and the struggles that he has to go through from a creative director that just wants to see cool shit, um, is so accurate. <laughs> I've literally had all of those conversations that he's had and, um, it was just so. I've seen you make that face. Yeah, it, I've seen you make that face it, it, when you're. You know those with moments producers. of just like, no man, you're, you're in my head. You're making great things. So let's just do both versions. Okay, do you want both? Because it's like the amount of work that right. that goes into creating something that's on the whim of a creative director, and um, it's just it was so perfect. 
Remember, uh, there was, I don't remember the line exactly, but he was like, do you want me to do X, Y, and Z? And he's like, no, just do it now. And then I'll like, it was like, basically like, I'll tell you how that's wrong later, but I'm not yeah, going to yeah. do it now. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, cause if you do it now, then I don't have to do it later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I obviously don't do any of these things, but I totally understand how it works. And so I was even able to find the, I was laughing right along with you because I was like, this is, this seems to be exactly what it's like working with creative directors and producers and stuff. There's just like a hundred no, ideas no flying them, out of but, everywhere. You know, cause they are create, a lot of them are very creative, but they don't, you know, there's a lot of times there's a disconnect in the, in the you creative aspect yeah. and the, uh, and you're not the executing aspect. the technical yeah. side. So yeah. it's the same as giving like a, um, a, a technical person telling them to just come up with a story and they're just like, well, I don't, you yeah. know, if they're not, if they're not art directors or producers, they Nowadays, may not be able to do that. You know, when you're, when you are a one man band, like I am, you have to do both. You have to mm -hmm. be creative and technical. And, um, you know, we struggle with the technical side sometimes, but it's a necessary evil in order to get your art done or your projects done or whatever you want. So are, we, uh, are you trying to say that you're some you're some kind of magical animation no. savant. I'm just saying there's tons of... Would you say that you're like a magical savant? No, no, you can, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. I'll think it, yeah. but I'm not gonna say it. No, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a real struggle because you want to, as a creative person, you want to just create something and you don't, you don't want to, you want the software and everything to just get out of your way so you can just mm -hmm. create your thing and... Um, because technology is, is getting so far, so advanced, you really have to, you have to take the time and commit to learning that stuff. And it sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's fun to learn stuff because a lot of creativity is problem solving, right? And you take those technical things to, to help solve problems. But anyway, back to the show. Back it was, to the show. it was, it was great. Rob, I love Rob. I love me some Rob Mecklehoney, Mecklehoney, whatever. Um, and the, the Charlotte something. Isn't it McElhoney or I don't know. No, I think it's Mackle, Mackle Honey, I think. Mackle Honey? Exa <laughs> pronounced like exactly that. like that. I think Not so. Not Henny. Maybe. I don't know. I <laughs> Not Henny like it's say, spelled, but Honey? Yeah, he was on a, a podcast and I think he had said it was like Mackle Honey, but I don't know. Uh, and Charlotte, um, her last, Nick something, Nick, she's hysterical. Nicado. Yeah. Poppies. Poppy is she's hysterical. In yeah, it. there's there's a ton of actors and there's a ton of people that are uh, sort of smaller actors like a Caitlin McGee who plays Sue. She hardly has any screen time. Uh, screen she's time, really funny. but every time she's on, I'm like, she's gonna do something funny because she yeah. always does, and she plays that she character so well. That is so so funny. Yeah, I would I would love to see it's, more. Of it's her. a brilliant show because it it does for me it does what Scrubs did so well. Also, um, Carol's character, yeah. the, the one who does like the HR and the all that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> give a damn. <laughs> she was really good. It blends this world of just being absurdly comedic with having actual stories and characters that you care about um, so well, you know. Uh, and so that, and that's really hard to do, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it was kudos to that, you know. David was probably my favorite character. The mustache guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, I like. He is so. He did so freaking well playing that character. Yeah, he just, he just like I. He plays the character so well. It's like he's got to be like that in real life. Yeah, you. Well, you know? so, so he, this is a really. This shows a really good example of how I don't function at all. In that there's like nine thousand writers for the show, and it's not like oh, this person did one episode, this person did two episodes tops. 
some of them, uh, well, like Charlie Day is their creator. So, yeah. you know, he's in everything. And with then, Rob, yeah. Uh, yeah, with Rob. So they have the Good most. Good old Rob, our buddy Rob. <laughs> they have the most. But then, like, uh, David, also David, mm -hmm. his real name is David as well. Um, he wrote like six, he was in six episodes yeah. and then and, and, uh, uh, one the of the testers. testers yeah. yeah, she like, you know, but then there was like a shit ton of other people. I'm like, how, I don't, I wish I could understand how you could sit down with six or seven other people in a room and cohesively create a story and and have it be that yeah. good. I give them credit for that because my, my I don't work like that. Well, that's I'm how just, most writers' rooms are, I'm right? I'm such they, a solo for the, for writer. shows, especially comedic shows where they have, all these people bouncing off ideas off each other. I don't know how they come to the consensus of what's going to be in the show. I mean, I assume you have a head writer for that, but um, yeah, that's. But I always wonder, like, really how tricky. many times is it like that one person, like they shot, they like they shot in one idea, but they are somehow still got like. I mean, did you really write the re the rest of the episode, or did you mm. give an idea for the episode? Like, I don't know how they uh, distribute distribute the, that the credit, credit or yeah. something. You know, like yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I'm not saying it for the cre on the credit standpoint, but I mean it like on the actual creative standpoint. Is that how it works? Where it's like when you see that oh, there are twelve people wrote this. It's like okay, so is it twelve people actually writing word for word together, or are you getting credit if you throw an idea in for I a character? Think, yeah, I think I don't know. I've never been in one, but from an outside perspective, my imagining. My my view of what it would possibly be like would be a bunch of room, people throwing ideas around. You have people in the room that are taking all these notes down that give you the basics, basis of the structure of the film. And then you have probably like the head writer or whoever form the story out of that, all those ideas. And I guess like whoever had the most ideas is considered the writer of the of the episode and gets the credit. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, no, because there's several people credited for episodes for mm. several episodes. So yeah. I mean, it's whatever. I mean, most most people don't really. I mean, I assume some do more than others, but uh, you know, I don't care about credit. And I'm sure if you're in a room of a bunch of people, you could go one of two ways. You no, could, but you could but like not... when you're crediting that many writers, my point is, how are this many people writers? Like, yeah. how does that work? I don't understand. That's well, what you're I'm sitting down understand. and you're you're constructing the story with a bunch of other people and throwing ideas and starting to build the story. I know, but that's you're not actually. They're not all actually typing. I said thus. No, so you do. You I know. know that, but I mean, like you know, someone needs to take the lead on dialogue, right? Because you can't have five people writing dialogue for the same character. They don't write the same, you know. Yeah. So there has to be. That's well, just that's what I'm I curious think, about. Like, that's who why takes I, the reins on what yeah. when you have when I when I see this many writers uh, being credited. I'm more just kind of fascinated with like who does what because how could you have yeah. so many people creating one yeah. episode, you know? Anyway, uh, the you shows, know, we'll, we'll, the shows... We'll, we'll get a writer on and talk to them I'm about trying. how it works. <laughs> well, uh, specifically a writer that is, you know, probably involved in one of those writer rooms would be a I'm good... I'm trying. I know. I'm, I'm just I emphasizing said. that point, yeah. <laughs> I said we will hopefully be talking to this person yeah. next month, okay? Um, so, uh, yeah, the, it just... It, I'm not a gamer and I'm not into the tech side of this. And I even really enjoy the show. Like it's just a very good show and um, everybody's just really funny in it. And then I, I love just that, you know, every character kind of has their moment and um, they work really well together. Yeah. It's just cohesive and it works and it yeah, blends. There's no way these good. people don't get along. Like that set has got to be a blast to be if on. If some people don't, that just speaks for their ability as yeah. an actor because I don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the case. Um, yeah, so we definitely recommend that. I don't highly, know if they're doing recommend. anything with season three now because we've left 
I mean, we've we've left on a note where everyone could just be moving on. There wasn't really a cliffhanger. It seemed kind of final, but it but also could have been picked up again. Yeah, on their we'll new see. adventure, right? Yeah. Like, are, is it going to be them? Because I can't imagine the show if it's just them two. Yeah, if it's yeah. just them two, right? It's everybody. It's kind of because like, they you they know, made a point of friends. Keep, you have to have everyone together. There, you know. Right, like, but then so, but the, what I mean is, why would they resign instead of being like, "Hey, we want to work on something new"? Yeah, as the producer, right, as the owner and producer, he's the he's everybody's yeah. boss, really. Why wouldn't you say, "Look, we don't have passion for Mythic Quest anymore. We want to move on to something else." Why yeah, but would that you whole resign? studio is just for that one game? So that game still has to be developed. If games are like that are like constantly being developed and adding new features and this and that so i guess you have to start like kind of like a new studio so i don't know if if they're gonna yeah i don't know how they're gonna meld those two together i hope they don't get rid of other people i mean they're funny together yes well that's but the it's, thing is like it's, it's, it ended in that way of to make you think that they would keep them because you had people that had the possibility of leaving but ended up staying anyway yeah. so it seemed like all right well this is a writing tool that they use to keep the characters there but that other character left to berkeley Who's also one of the writers? Yes. So, so that's why I'm saying it's possible right. because she's gone. Right, but the other person stayed. Yeah, her girlfriend stayed, but she left. So yeah. that character, I'm assuming. I mean, you could always bring a character back, but she wouldn't yeah. physically be there if she's in Berkeley. She's doing yeah. her own thing. So, yeah, um, it's just it's a it's a really good show. This is a show that um, if you had uh, like Poppy's character is a good example though of someone that's technical and creative because she yeah. was creative but she's also you know a programmer so yeah but whereas um, rob's McElhoney, his character was strictly a creative um i forget what i was gonna say i don't know sorry i interrupted i had i had a point but i don't know what the hell yeah it, was. it happens anyway um yeah, all the 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 show's really good and oh yeah i was to say like if this was I, i'm not really i, I, I unpopular opinion i'm not a big fan of always sunny in philadelphia like i've seen mm -hmm. episodes and i've laughed but I, i've it's never pulled me in i've never yeah. been like i want to see what happens from beginning to end i've never you're right I, same here i've never watched an episode and been like that's stupid but it, for some reason it i guess because there's so many no you know it's not what i mean there's like so the, many it's just they're too over the top for me it's mm. like there's funny moments but like there's just so much of charlie day i can take yeah um but then like you put him know. in horrible bosses too and i love it yeah. but i just feel like him, all the characters on that show are at 10 constantly. And yeah. so it never really like, it's like a it live gives me anxiety. Almost. They're, they're, yeah, like their episodes give me anxiety. There's too much shit going on. And so <laughs> it could be a great show, but I just have to be in the right mindset. I respect for the hell it. out of that show because of the way it started and because yeah, of that, how they yeah. keep reinventing like, themselves. No shade. And, yeah. Like no shade. 100%. It's just, it's not something that, that I have like the mental capacity to sit down and get into. I have to, yeah. it's kind of like the way, uh, um, Yes. shameless yeah right like it it's it did all the same things but then it like it was just so much that i finally yeah. was like i can't do this anymore and yeah. I, I dropped off of the show but i did start it so yeah i don't know i mean maybe we would watch always sunny at some point i have no issue with the show it's just not something that i really yeah. have gotten into um and so it's like if you had told me like who's in it so already you have them too so i'm thinking like always sunny and then i'm like yeah. oh it's about gaming and techie shit i'm not gonna like that yeah um, and the fact that I like it, <laughs> so well, because there's a there's an actual volumes. structure there, and there's characters that you give a crap about. You yeah. know, you want to see what's happening with these relationships and stuff. And and uh, it's kind of like Silicon Valley, where I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but the characters yeah, work yeah. well together. So I like the show a lot funny. more than Silicon Valley. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I did too. 
I'm hoping that um, you never finished Silicon Valley. Though. No, I kind of fell off that show because there was a lot of stuff that I had been hearing a lot about the show that kind of like turned me off about it. Oh, like what? You know, I don't know. Just like the uh, the um, the 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 environment on set. You oh, know? it was like toxic. Yeah. And really? that's just the T.J. Miller thing, just in general. I that's I've heard a yeah, lot. Yeah, T.J. Miller thing. I'm like, that's on every set. Look, if it was what, a, who's it, the perv on this set? Because yeah. it's inevitable. It it it's it. I did enjoy the show, but but I felt similar to what you were saying with Silicon Valley. Like it just kept repeating itself, mm -hmm. you know, because it's about this underdog company that's trying to make it and be funny. But it's like then they almost make it, and then they something happens in and the they same fail, way. and they got to start start all over yeah. again. So it's just like I can only do you can only, I can only do that so many times. You yeah. Know? Before you start to stop feeling sorry for them. Yeah. You're like, you guys are stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. Obviously, we recommend that. I hope there's a season three. I'm not tired yeah. of it. I think that, like, it, there's just that there's a lot of character development and cool shit in there. So, go watch that. Shout outs. MoGraph. MoGraph. Shout um, out to the good old MoGraph guys. Um, if you have a film or series or something, uh, if you're like, hey, I watched Hippopotamus and I thought I was one of those people that said it was a mind fuck and it was amazing and you're stupid. I mean, I guess you could say that too. You could email yeah. that to us. Probably won't answer you though. Uh, but, you know. I mean, I wouldn't open with that, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it just these conversations, I think are important. I mean, look, it's not it's not nice to hear. I'm not I'm not saying that I would sit there and be like, "Hmm, uh-huh. I see what you did here." If someone tore my movie apart, but if I'm like if enough people are like, "Your audio is shit." I got to think about my audio. You know, I yeah. mean, that something's happened here. I just can't imagine that there's a world where this was a creative decision to to yeah, do I that. Yeah, I don't know. It must, sounds there's got to really, be something to it. It sounds really strange, but like let's just say that Quentin Tarantino was one of my favorite directors. Cliche, I know, but he's a fucking goat. I don't care. It's not like Kubrick. I can't stand Kubrick. I don't know why people sweat that guy. Anyway, um, if Quentin Tarantino were to watch our movie and his notes were, this story had such potential. I loved where it was going, but it fucking fell flat for me. I'd be like, score. <laughs> like, yeah. Because yeah. that means there was, you saw something in it. Yeah, you yeah. saw something in it. And is it, is it ideal? No, right? I would love the review to be like, I think this fucking writer is going to go places. That's what you want to hear, right? I think this actor did an amazing job. But if somebody says to me, I felt like this actor, Quentin Tarantino's like, I would work with this actor, but they would need to improve X, Y, and Z because I was with them on this, but I didn't care for this and I didn't buy that. That's a note. You know? yeah. And that's a note that you have to take. And I don't mean this in like, oh, uh, writer director of hippopotamus you should take our notes because we're so fucking cool no yeah. we're all in this together you know what i yeah, mean yeah. and it's like that i if if i thought it was all around shit and this person didn't have potential i wouldn't have even bothered reviewing it but right. i think this person has potential to make an interesting story and and film yeah uh, but they certainly they certainly care about their craft yeah and that comes through and, and, and that's it's an important original story and i'll yeah. take that like you know i, I love that um, but there are just there's things that we really as a as a collective need to improve on. When we go to film fest, we see the same mistakes all the time. It's like everyone keeps making the same mistakes that we make as well. So right, we that we make yeah. as well. <clears throat> and so it's like, okay, how do we improve on that collectively? Yeah. Anyway, that was my kumbaya film moment. Um, That's a long one today. It is a long one. It's okay. Yeah, of course. There's podcasts that go like three We're hours. Charming, sort of. Fucking charming as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to talk to us for over an hour mm -hmm. without medication? Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, what's going on next week? No freaking clue. Tune in. Tune in to find out. Bye. Bye.